because I do believe that we grew up in the golden era of one hit wonders. Oh yeah. <laughs> you'd think there'd be more of it now. No. Right? You don't think so? No. There's we, so much like, more let's exposure. Talk about it. Let's talk all about right, it. Let's right. talk about it. Because I, I have thoughts about that, actually. A lot of thoughts about that. Because music fucking sucks now. That's yeah, because the industry is <laughs> fucking garbage. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Midnight Connection, the podcast where two dads talk about anything they want at the only time they can. You have entered episode number eight. Chris, two months. Two months, man. Two months. I How felt do- like you were about to say nine. Did I? Am I reading that right? What do you mean? Just now? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying that I completely messed up the intro? No, no. <laughs> no, but I had a feeling. I was like, he's going to say nine. <laughs> I, oh, I wanted to say nine. I don't you know. wanted to say nine. Yeah, maybe I did. We'll bank this episode. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Midnight Connection. Today is going to be a very specific kind of episode. So make sure you got good earbuds in because we're going to be listening to a lot of music oh, yeah. today. What the topic is? I mean, I guess we can give it away because it's probably in the title. What a tease. <laughs> oh, that's true. They're, they're, it's probably in the well, title. I don't have to put, we don't have to put it in the title. I mean, then what are we, we going to call it? It's like the only it, thing we're discussing today. Just, just put music. <laughs> just music. All right, fine. You figure it out. You don't know what it is. So here it is. <laughs> One Hit Wonders. Yes. But first, we're going to do what we always do and connect with our connection question. And today's question is... What was a pivotal moment in your music-loving journey? Mm. Any thoughts that come to mind? Yeah, I, I'd have to chalk that up to my dad 1,000%. Um, and I, I can't, not that there's a particular pivotal moment, really, but I've always been, well, one, I've always loved listening to my dad sing. Uh, when I was growing up in the house, I could remember him listening to the classics like... Um, he'd have on like the BGs, Earth, Wind, and Fire, these. Yeah. So he'd be playing all that stuff, and so I, I grew up with that. But he'd also be singing, of course. It's Filipino, so they love to do it. But he was good, despite the accent. No, <laughs> uh, but he was. I always loved listening to him sing. He liked to sing to my mom, and then maybe this is the pivotal point. So, and then when we uh, they got hooked up with a. Christian ministry and my dad immediately gets in, involved with the music. And so, so here's me, little Chris getting dragged to prayer meetings that I just absolutely didn't want to go to at the time. Cause you know <laughs> what kid wants to do. Exactly. That. That's not what you want to be doing with your time. What was really happening was I was going to those meetings with our friends, the Seth brothers, and we were reading RPG books. That's what we were doing. Nice. That, that's, and that's how I ended up loving RPGs. <laughs> So worlds collide. No, but so he's, he was uh, an instrumental part of the music ministry. And I think the magical moment for that, uh, and he was involved in the band before that too. Like they had a little, they had a cover band thing going on. They played uh, at a location in Maryland once in a while. Then get into the ministry. 
he he sings and he sings with James's dad, which sadly you probably have never heard him sing. Nope. And uh, our other friend's dad, uh, our other friend, his name is Paul. His dad also sings. He unfortunately passed away not too long ago. But the three of them could harmonize like nobody's business. Hell yeah. And it was fucking awesome. Some right? like so boys to men harmonies and shit. They were so good, man. And so they, they were always like the core of the ministry, right? Dad played guitar once in a while. James's dad, he played the tambourine <laughs> if he played anything. But he was like, you know, he was all, he was, dude. I'm, it it really kills me that you never got to hear him sing, yeah. Especially like with with the other guys, when he started going, you know, going going through ALS and stuff like that. When when he couldn't speak well anymore and sing, like that was what really got me about mm. what he was going through. It was like, man, I mean, obviously the whole thing is just a shit show because it's so sad. But what struck me was like my dad, because my dad would still want to sing with them, and then for a while we would go over there and we would. Like we'd still sing and kind of jam with him, but he couldn't sing with us. And it just hurt so bad, you know? Yeah. Because the three of them were something special. And there was, they would always kind of put some other pieces around them. You know, other singers would come in, other people would play instruments, but it was always the three of them. And they were so good as the core of this group that they got asked to sing over in Spain. They got asked to sing in like Medjugorje and stuff like that. What? And yeah, dude. And, they would sing at masses and people would always come up to them after and be like, can you, are you guys going to like record something or, you know, yeah. can we buy When's your the music album coming out? Yeah. They never did that. But experiencing that was always just so special. And the cool thing about it was all the sons, right? So me, James and Paul, the sons, we could harmonize too. Mm-hmm. So it was like a thing. <laughs> they, they were singing. <laughs> it was the then, next generation. Yeah. But we weren't as involved in their ministry but they'd be at a practice at at the at a house doing their rehearsals going through the songs and then the three of us would be dicking around singing you know r&b songs and doing harmonies and being stupid you know but we could do it so and it was kind of fun for them and for us because we could kind of swap parts and you know things like that but i really i really fell in love with harmony and and you know singing and those the intricacies of all that stuff and just vocal talent because of being a part, being exposed to that, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. And that's a, it's a special connection that like James and Paul and I have, even though like, if we don't ever see each other or talk all that much, it's always there. You yeah. know, we're always like, connected that in that way. That far. It's awesome. Dude, I've known, I've known them since I was nine. Holy crap. Way back. <laughs> I don't think I've, I don't think I know anyone for that amount of time. Say for like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like we've, our lives have gone in divergent directions, but like, like at Thea's party is like, you know, it's like nothing ever changes. Sit down, catch up with John. It's all the same, which is awesome. So what you're saying is we just got to get a day together and rent out a karaoke room and get ever, everyone back together. I mean, we should talk about karaoke. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> because because I have always wanted to go. I, I hate I hate that I have missed every one of those. Yeah. And the reason why is because I know if I go when you're going to be there and like Steph and like these are singers, right? <laughs> we are not singers. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what it's you a, mean. It's a crowd of people that are going to take it kind of seriously. Yes. No, that's very <laughs> fair. That's very fair. Because I, I, I've been to karaoke rooms where, 
like I don't really know the people mm-hmm. and they're there just to have a good time. Nobody fucking sings. Yeah. Like, well, they, like they don't, they're not singers. They're just there to drink and have a good time. Yeah. And well, I mean, like Chris used to sing, Chris used to sing. And I'd sing something and then every, nobody wants to sing anymore. Yeah. No, that, like, I don't fuck with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't fuck with that. I, I need a very carefully curated room of people. Yes. See, you understand. And, and I do this on purpose. The last time we went karaokeing for Steph's birthday, I purposefully connected like three different groups of people that I know. Mm. So like I had the Cesses there. I invited you guys, but you guys couldn't make it. And then I invited my cover band. So, oh, man. so we ended up, because it's interesting, <laughs> like the more you go with a certain group of people, the more you realize like everyone's bag, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been karaokeing with the Cesses a lot and I know their bag and I love it. I'm all mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. But when you bring in like a new element, it yeah. forces everyone to kind of change and adapt. <laughs> yeah. So like as opposed to doing, you know, like Earth, Wind and Fire, Eagles or like 90s R&B songs, we started jumping to like early 2000s, like alt new yeah. metal. Yeah. Like I think at one point, Jess and I did the used and Whoa. it's just like, we've never done these songs at karaoke before, <laughs> but it's cool, you know? Yeah. So we're definitely going to have to figure out a day so we can do that and then record it. 1,000. Per- oh, that'd be so funny. We should. 1,000 <laughs> I don't know if we'd be man. able to to get the, the licensing rights. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Well, yeah. So, you know, my dad. That That's where all that comes from. That's super cool. And uh, still still love him for his singing. And he lo- he loves the karaoke, too. And it's, uh, it's something I really, really respect and admire about him because everybody like loves it when, when he's 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 they're always asking him to, to do the ministry and every once he'll do it once in a while but sometimes it's just too much but everyone knows he's got that energy he does, he does. and that presence so for me it's interesting because i was going to talk about a different moment but your thoughts and memories with your father make me remember with my mom and it's interesting because I didn't grow up with the oldies, right? Like Earth, Wind, and Fire, The Police, like you said, like that era of music, pop music, I was not privy to Mm -hmm. because my mom only listened to Spanish music. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I hated Spanish music. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is trash. But (laughs) we rode around in the car a lot, so we would listen to like Top 40 radio Uh a lot. And my mom would always sing in the car. Mm. No one in my family plays musical instruments. I'm like the first one. But my mom did tell me that she was in choir when she was like in middle school and high school. Oh, nice. So I was like, okay, I get my musical talent from somewhere, right? But I just remember singing so many songs in the car and like always, I always go to the harmony. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's naturally where my brain goes. I hear the harmonies loud and clear, almost stronger than I hear the main part sometimes. And it's more Mm -hmm. interesting for me anyway. Yeah, Yeah. Like, I've always loved being that guy. (laughs) You add the flavor, you know? Exactly, right? Do I want to make this happy, sad, or in between? (laughs) But it wasn't until I was in uh, freshman that there was a kid on the bus who was like this... Hispanic punk kid and uh-huh. he lived in my neighborhood but I was like always too intimidated to talk to him 
And I would always have my CD player that I would listen to on the way to school. Cause, you you know, like, like, like he was a punk or he was into punk? He was a punk kid. Okay. Like he was into punk music. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like all black clothes, like chucks and, you know, spiked hair and stuff got like it, that. Got it. I okay. Like, okay. I got it. Super I'm with you. Kid. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not 60 years old calling a kid a punk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I remember one day he was like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, what? I like take off my headphones. And I'm pretty sure I was listening, probably listening to like Eminem or something. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say something. Else. Or DMX. <laughs> yes. And, and then there was X. So he was like, what are you listening to? And I was like, oh, this. And he was like, you should listen to this. And he handed me a burned CD because those were popping off at the time. Yeah. And so I put it in and it was an AFI CD, this album called Black Sales and Sunset. And it was the first like punk, heavier, darker rock music that I really heard. And immediately the first song is like a chant, right? And it sounds, <laughs> it's probably going to sound creepy as fuck the way that I describe it. <laughs> the chant is through our bleeding, we are one. But it's just like a, a prelude to the album, right? Okay, yeah. And the album is like one of these stream, like, constant. There's no silence. One song just bleeds right into the other one or whatever. So in this, like, incantation at the beginning of it, boom, it just, like, goes off into this punk shit, right? And I realized for the first time that gang vocals was a thing where, like, pop music is all about melody, in this punk music, what I had found was that no one needed to be in key. It's just about the energy and the passion, right? Like, you're a part of something, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a cool note. And it changed my perspective on how I could feel music. Because then it was like, okay, music is also about community. Mm -hmm. This is why I love punk, because there are no lines between the artist and the audience. The artist encourages the audience to get up on stage and crowd surf. And there's a level of respect there. You're not going to fuck with them. Mm -hmm. They're not going to fuck with you. This is a show for everybody. And so that listening to that album, like changed the way that I see music because I was like, okay, it's more than just music. Mm. It's mm -hmm. a lifestyle. It's a, interesting, like a personality, if that makes sense. A way of life. A way of life. That's a very good way of putting it. And I realized this is my way of life. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, now. Did you guys become butt buddies? We punk did. Bud, punk butt buddies? We did. Eventually. Um, he was, uh, I think, two years older than me. And I got introduced to the punk scene, the local punk scene through him. Did he ever tell you why he decided to ask you that day? I think probably because I was the weird kid who'd listen to music like at maximum volume and everyone could hear like <laughs> what I was listening to. And, you know, he was probably, he was a really nice guy. He was just like genuinely like expand your world kid kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was great for me because I needed it. That's cool. Good that you were open-minded about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I also didn't want to get beaten up because uh, yeah. again, I didn't know this kid. <laughs> <laughs> There's and that. He, he was scary looking. No. He's basically putting the disc in for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to listen to this. It's like, oh, oh okay. okay. I mean, I always considered myself like a open to all music person. Yeah. I just had never been introduced to that. Mm -hmm. After that, my mom was like, 
What are you, what are you, what are you listening to? <laughs> Who did this to you? Sorry, mom. No more pop music for your young child. How long did it take for you to, to realize that that change in perception was happening? Was it? Did it hit you right away? Literally, that something was a little different about it. What hit me right away was how different uh, the like sonically it sounded. Mm-hmm. I was used to pop music and mm-hmm. top forty music, very clean. Polished, even the aggressive shit like Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP, which is arguably like an aggressive rap album, still has like a sheen to it. Mm -hmm. And when I heard this, like it sounded like a band. It sounded like people in a room. It was dirty. Mm -hmm. It was gritty. And that took me back. That was like, oh, not all music is, I don't want to say a product, because I definitely didn't have that perspective being that young. Now I can kind of see it that way. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, man, this is something completely different. So I remember he let me borrow the CD, because I was like, you know. burn another one. Exactly. (laughs) And so I ended up asking for other albums from AFI from him. Mm -hmm. And so for a couple months, I would just like grab... Because, you know, this was in the time of, like, everyone having their CD cases. Yeah. yeah. It's a very important... It's like your identity. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So your CD case meant everything. And because it was the era of burned CDs, you would have all these burned CDs and then, like, some shitty printer printout of the cover album that you go slip behind. Or just, like, written in with Sharpie. That's right. All handwritten and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Just crammed in there. (laughs) (laughs) So I basically did like CD swaps with him for a while. You know, it went from AFI to like other punk bands that some I vibed with, some I didn't. But I was like, oh shit, there's an entire world of music that my mom doesn't know about. And that's kind of Mm. everywhere I was getting my content. I watched a lot of MTV growing up. But again, that's still like arguably pop, even if it's rock. Yeah, yeah. It's pop. Popular rock. (laughs) Yeah. When I found that and I started looking at like live videos of these shows, I was like, holy crap, this is a community. And it's that mentality of like, you see a mosh pit. Mm -hmm. And the first time you see a mosh pit, you're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, what are they doing? What is happening? (laughs) You know what I mean? They're just trying to hurt each other. And then you realize that there's only one rule in the mosh pit. And that's if someone falls down, you stop and pick them up. Yeah. Right. That's the community. That's that you are putting your trust in a bunch of strangers to be like, yo, I need to fucking let loose and be buck wild, not trying to intentionally hurt anyone. It might happen, but that's that's just a part of the the vibe. But if someone genuinely falls down, genuinely is getting hurt, everything stops. You pick that person back up, make sure they're okay. Continue on. (laughs) Continue. Now, music is pretty much... A large majority of my personality. Thanks to that guy. Thank you, Ivan. His name, oh, his is, name Ivan. is Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> All right. Well, let us pivot to our one and only segment. This oh, week. this is all we need right here. Man, one hit wonder. So I wanted to bring something up with you, and, and that's... As I was going through this list and uh, looking for songs, I feel like we came up in the golden era of one-hit wonders. And by that, I mean the 90s. I would totally 
agree with that. You told me earlier that you were surprised that we didn't have more like one hit wonders happening these days. Yeah, I would have I would have thought that with the amount of exposure we have now, with the amount of talent that we see out there and all this stuff, you know, because people can just get out there. But maybe that maybe that just saturates it and you can't really find the good stuff. I don't know. But I would think that that's the, the good stuff would bubble up and maybe I'm just not tuned into those channels where you would see that, you know? Yeah. I I think it's a lot harder to have a one hit wonder now because exactly of what you said, the market is saturated, right? Mm-hmm. And the only thing that really rises to the top are the pop machines, right? Like the, the marketing behind some stuff, like that's the cream of the crop in terms of like plays. Honestly, I don't even listen to the radio that much. Do you listen to the radio? No, not at all. And you now that we're talking about it, the radio back then was the, the main driver. If you were on it the was radio, everything. yeah. If you got the radio and they played you a ton, you were the one hit wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick D's top 40 on Sundays. You would have like TRL on MTV. And daily. the only influence you had was like the requests. Exactly. Yeah. Which I'm sure were forged anyway. Yeah. yeah they're not yeah. <laughs> just making it up. <laughs> Whoever pays them the most <laughs> for the airtime. What would be interesting is looking in particular in the early aughts, which I know is a term you hate. I don't like it. I didn't even know what it meant for the longest time. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck is an aught? (laughs) It's two zeros, bro. In the early 2000s, the pop machine was going crazy, right? You had your Christina, Britney, NSYNC. Mm -hmm. Backstreet Boys, O-Town, 98 Degrees, yeah. S-Club 7. Good God. <laughs> did I say O-Town already? Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's so many. All right. But if you look at those songwriters, I bet you a lot of people shared the same songwriter. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But in the 90s, I feel like people were writing their own fucking songs. And earlier than that. I would say some. Some. Yeah. yeah. You know, you had we had there were some people writing in the background for a lot of these folks, but maybe and definitely not like the pop machines. No. And now I'm sure it's even worse. It's you know how many songwriters there are on like a Beyonce song? Oh my gosh, I don't like seriously per song, maybe ten. I am not a fan. Are you not a fan? You can't not. you can't say that on a public <laughs> podcast. It's gonna it's gonna just cut it out. I'm not a, you know what? I'm not a fan either. I'll be oh, we're definitely going to burn now. <laughs> you guys, no, this, well, is the last, find, this is the last episode. We're gonna, we're gonna. Fi- come on, guys, we're gonna find the little niche of people. <laughs> the beehive we can't know touch us here. We know you're out there. Come join us. Why don't come you like us. Beyonce? I just don't think she's good. Wow, that's a. I don't that's think a red hot take. I mean, like, I mean, I fully she's, agree. She's got. She, she can sing, sure, but I don't like to me. I just don't see her as anyone that's any better than, you know, some of the other artists out there. And I don't understand why she gets all that notoriety and everything for what she does. And I'm like, I mean, the songs are, they're catchy, they're fun, whatever. But I don't consider her to be like a transcendent vocalist or anything like that, you Mm. know? 
Wow. I'd, I'd take other artists before her any day. I mean, I completely agree. I I see <laughs> I see Beyonce as a brand, yes, right? And I a see very successful brand. <laughs> and I see her in particular as a the head of that brand, but B a performer. I'll even go as far as to say an artist, depending on who you ask. Mm. Not me, mm. but <laughs> I'll go that far, right? Here's the thing. There are other people also in like a pop, I won't go diva, but like a pop spotlight that are writing their own songs and doing the exact same kind of stuff, right? But yeah. there's there's something interesting about the way that Beyonce markets herself. And it, and I feel like Jay-Z tried to do it, like mm-hmm. with Magna Carta and like mm-hmm. that whole experience. But she pulled it off, man. And people eat that shit up. They do. They really do. Have you seen I that, that lemonade <laughs> like short film or whatever it was on HBO? No. Yeah, me neither. I don't even know what I've never even heard of it. Here's a here's a a hot take question. Who is more of an artist? Beyonce or Taylor Swift? Oh god. <laughs> I don't know this. I don't listen to Taylor much. Does she write her own songs? She does. She wrote more when she started. Mm-hmm. But now, I believe she has songwriting credits on all of her songs, but collaborates a lot. Wasn't that a big thing for her at, at that one juncture? I think uh, so. I don't know. I'm not a Swifty. I mean, I, I get. I have a whole lot more respect for an artist that writes their own stuff. I'll just mm-hmm. say that. Sure. You know, and it's not that not that you. I mean, like even Whitney Houston singing other people's songs, right? It's not. It's not like you can't have other people write your songs for you. But I just feel like that's the level of artistry. Like you said, like they're, you're more of a, almost more of a performer than an artist. Cause you're not, I mean, you are part of creating, I suppose, and how it is performed and delivered, mm-hmm. but you are not actually creating. Exactly. The thing itself. <laughs> it's know? like, is the curator of an art museum responsible for the quality of the experience? That's a heavy thought for you it all is. to ponder. Yeah. We've gone way far from <laughs> the intro not, to one-hit wonders. We've gone to <laughs> trashing Beyonce and crash and burning our show. Episode eight, let's go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so let's come back. Let's come back. Let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. All right. <laughs> when you were picking these songs that you have a list of one hit wonders. What were what were the parameters you were looking at? Were you just going strictly off of like what triggers you? What was your thought process? So I'll be honest, I I I had a hard time and I think maybe it's just because of the time frame and like, you know, my mind has been occupied with a million other things. I had a hard time just thinking of them. So I had to go and result to looking for other people's lists. So I, I started there to just find what other people thought or considered to be one-hit wonders of a decade. And then I would look for the ones that actually meant something to me. And then after that, I would also look to see very cursory level of research here. So either, oh, yeah. in, either in the comments, if someone said something about <laughs> it, like 
video descriptions. Well, like it's like, hey, that, that those people actually aren't one hit wonders. So I was like, okay, well, maybe not. So that was like my only level of of digging, really. So my list could be <laughs> totally totally wrong on on some accounts. A lot of it was just. It's not just was the song popular to me. It's sort of like a lot of these songs really represented the decade in some way mm. to me. To me, you know? sure. And I think for a lot of people, and that's why they stuck around as much as as much you know, as strongly as they did, was they're they're iconic for the decade for one reason or another. Like some some might have been included in movies or mm-hmm. you know stuff like that that made them very popular. But they they just captured a moment, and so they they just live on that way. I like that. I had a very similar approach, much like you. When I hear a song, to me, music is is like a photo album, right? the The sonic waves trigger my mind to like go back to a place in time, mm-hmm. a certain era of my life. When we first came up with this idea, my brain just went. And it was like, holy oh, crap. Because <laughs> again, I grew up in the 90s and it was a great time for music. It's a pretty deep rabbit hole. It, it really is. It's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here. I also looked at other people's lists of like one hit wonders to see if any anything would trigger. I did try to at least get some representation in other decades. I mm-hmm. tried to kind of diversify the type of sound mm-hmm. that I was getting. I did find out I'm a I'm a pop kid. <laughs> That's what I the radio dominated my life at that time. And that's that's mostly where my stuff came from. I'm so curious to see where you went with it. All right. Well, let's get started. Let's as we're listening to these, whatever comes to mind, maybe these songs trigger something in you. I would love to hear it. Since you started off the connection question, I'll send them my first one. Go for it. It's already good. <laughs> Dude, okay. Let me tell you about this song, okay? Iconic, right? Absolutely. This song just transports me to driving with my mom and singing oh. this at the top of our fucking lungs. <laughs> Dude, that just that picture is so fucking awesome. What picture? Oh, the album the cover? You, no, no, you oh. and your mom belting out this song. Hell yeah, dude. And I'll tell you what. Harmony. Oh, okay? that's great. Perfect pop song for Harmony. I think they were twins from were Ireland. They twins? Yeah, I believe or English. Were they Irish? They were Scottish. Scottish. Dude, if so if I go up to Mama Fuentes the next time I see her and I just start singing this song, is she going to get right in it? Hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's just, I don't know, man. It's a perfect, like, little bit of pop. Just enough. Because it's catchy. Super it's singable so catchy. chorus. Yeah. So this was done by the Pro- Proclaimers. This song came out, interestingly enough, this song, I believe they recorded it and released it in 1988. Really? But it was not popular when they released it. Okay? No one... <laughs> released in the U.S.? or Yeah, I believe so. Really? 
And so it was in a movie, Benny and June, with uh, Johnny Depp in the 90s, I think in 93. And they used this song. And then it started uh, tracking on the charts. See, it's the movies, man. It's the movies, man. Those needle drops. This song, I, I remember so vividly being at my godparents, godsister's house in Williamsburg. Because when we were there a lot, that, that was in a time when MTV was just, you know, everything for music. <laughs> and it would come on so many times. <laughs> but every time it was like, yes! <laughs> and everyone yeah. would be singing it, you know? Yeah, like totally. That That's a great... It's so great jaunty. Thing. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just like, it's a perfect... Obviously, he's talking about walking a thousand miles or whatever. Yeah. But the even the way it's played... It's like it's you are walking. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing works the whole, for the song. Yeah. And it's a nice, you know, message too. Absolutely. And and there's there still hasn't been anything that really sounds like that as far as I've encountered. Yeah. It is such a that 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 even that very first guitar strum, you're like, oh I know what it is. <laughs> you know? It's interesting. I, I think I read that the proclaimers did like more folky Scottish stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was like their first foray into full band stuff. Oh. And they hit it. They hit it. Five Once. years after they released it. But it hit Can you anyway. imagine? Can you? <laughs> it's blowing up now? <laughs> They're already broke. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> We're getting calls. <laughs> Why did they want us to play this song? It's so old. <laughs> <laughs> We've made like three albums since then. <laughs> I've already walked 10,000 miles. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. Okay, okay, okay. Here. All right, what you got? What you got? Let me uh, see if you know this one. Do you know this song? This does not sound familiar. What is this? Really? This is a uh, song called Sway from Bic Runga. I'm, if I'm not mistaken... It was actually in American Pie. Interesting. And that's, I mean, I, I think it was popular before that, but that just kind of blew it up. This sounds 90s as fuck. It, it, yes, it totally is. This is totally 90s teenager sitting in your room, pining over the girl or the guy, you know, and you're just like, you got this mad crush on somebody and you play this song. Hell yeah. This definitely, it's funny you said American Pie. The movie that came to my mind was Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which Basically. is, you know, the, the, what a time for teen comedies about longing and high school. Yeah, exactly. Just pick one. <laughs> I dig this. I have not heard this. Really? She's Asian. Really? Yeah. I can't remember exactly where, from, from where. Oh, no. Actually, um, is it? She's, it says here that she's from New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. But I was like, that's not Australia. But she looks Asian. She does look Asian. <laughs> she looks fair. very Asian. I dig this. It's a great freaking song, man. And it's a great one for karaoke. 
So do you Dude. remember this from the radio or from the movie? Oh, radio first. Yeah, this was definitely on the playlist long before it popped in a movie. Nice. But yeah, this is totally the uh, I really like you, don't leave me song. <laughs> <laughs> the pre, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Exactly, yeah. This came first. <laughs> That's cool. I like as, it. Sway. As far as I know, I mean, I don't know what she ever did after that, but that's I'm a good. Glad, that's I'm a glad, good opener uh, song I'm glad as well. It's new for you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So for my next one, I'm kind of skipping around eras real quick. That's cool. And skipping around vibes. This is in no particular order. Oh, yeah. I fucking <laughs> conic, bro. This, the, yeah. This is like party song of a generation. Let me tell you, okay? My <laughs> uncle, he was into street racing and modding cars. All right. Okay? Yeah. He had a Toyota Supra. Nice. We would go to car shows all the time, and he would drag me with him. All right? In this late 90s, early 2000s era, there was nothing more <laughs> common in the car modding community than having these stupid little screens that came out of <laughs> your faceplate. Yep. And you would put in a CD with videos, because it wasn't really a DVD, and it would just play on a loop in the car. Yep. And this music was the soundtrack to every like trade show, drag sh- like drag race show, whatever. I love it. This just screams driving through a city at night with the lights streaming past you, going to a club, you know, or coming back. (laughs) So this song, for those of you that don't know, is Better Off Alone by Alice DJ. And Alice DJ is not the person singing. Okay, (laughs) Uh, It's actually a project of like three different producers that get together. They got together to make the beat. And then they had a vocalist come in and do the line on top. And then I, I think she joined the project later. But man, I this song is just... See, I like how you do all the homework on these songs. <laughs> I'm just like, here's the song. <laughs> That's okay. People like it both ways. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. All right. But yeah, I chose this song because it reminded me of that era but I could I feel like I could have chosen so many different songs. There's yeah, there's a whole bunch of those. I don't know you if you choose. tapped into it, but I don't I don't want to ruin your list, but it could have been Zombie Nation. Okay? It could have been it could it could have been Sandstorm by Darude. Okay. I was thinking like oh, yeah, the one you mentioned. Did you brought that up before, right? Which one? Darude? Yeah. Probably. Sandstorm? I was thinking like Venga Boys. Oh my God. I didn't even think of the Venga Boys. <laughs> the Six Flags song. Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great time oh, at the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh yeah. That was like party dance, party music was taken off. And all these, you had like a convergence of. <laughs> Where were you new, new when trans became mainstream? It. Yeah, <laughs> and then like all these European people coming in trying to bring it. Good stuff, man. Being a house fan, were you into the, the electronic 
pop scene? Or were you like, fuck that shit? To, that an, ex- stuff. to an extent. To an extent. So I, I had I had a very like clear line, right? Where if it was like I could dance was fine. Mm. If we started getting into like hard techno, I was like, no, <laughs> it's too much, right? But th- this is also when I was, I think we might have touched on this before, where I was um, heavy into hip hop and breakbeat because of breakdancing. Oh, okay. So we would do, we, there was breakdancing, hip hop, we would do house, but very like funky, soulful house, not the more techie type trance which is not house um (laughs) (laughs) and so we we had like us the older guys who were doing all this and then like the newer generation of break dancers came on and they're like let's do we're gonna dance do all our power moves to to trance music and we're like get that shit out of here (laughs) (laughs) you know we we were being elitist about it that's pretty hilarious and by elitist i mean correct sure i mean hey (laughs) that's hilarious Uh, all right, all right. All right, what you this, got? I think this one's good. Let me see. I'd be surprised if you don't know this song. I could never have told you who. Well, I could maybe have told you the artist. Do you know it from the title? I do not. Oh, really? I hope this intro is not like three minutes long. <laughs> Okay. You don't know this song? I don't know this. Is this maybe, another maybe movie one? I'm almost positive it was used in at least one movie. But I can't tell you which one. This did not one. go where I was expecting. Oh, really? <laughs> where were you expecting? I don't Not this voice. <laughs> so this is, this is Six Underground from The Sneaker Pimps. It has a very iconic sound. That I'm surprised you've never heard before. This the song was used in something. Mm. That Is this was, also a '90s song? Yeah, I like it. It's a great freaking song. It's like a Poppy Portis head. Her voice does sound familiar. It, not on purpose, but I think she's Asian too. <laughs> <laughs> So how did you come about this song? You know, I, I can't even tell you. I, I, I'm having a hard time remembering what made it so relevant. Mm. But it's just like, it's a song that immediately sends me back to to that time. And it's such a cool vibe that I, that I never really got again from any other song. Yeah. That it stands out. And um, I had forgotten about it until it showed up on someone's list. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Freaking sneaker pimps. I dig it. It's very like, you almost could hear it in like a spy movie. Yeah. It's it's kind of like New York at night. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Yeah, super cool. (laughs) We are totally cool. I'm smoking a cigarette somewhere right now. Very hip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's keep it going with vibe. If I was to say to you the artist's name, White Town, does that ring a bell? Nope. 
good because it didn't for me either. <laughs> White Town is the artist. Goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. I would never have picked that name out. For, <laughs> you know for this song, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Your Woman White, White by White Town, 1997. I didn't even know that was the name of the song. Your Woman? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only lyric that I remember from the chorus. But again... The name of the song is... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a recent song that sampled oh, that, really? which is a sample already. Right. But there's something about this song that is moody to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... He doesn't sound happy. The music is groovy, but it's also, like, in this limbo. But there's something about, like, the horns and the way he's vocalizing that, to me, it just comes across as, like, sad. But this turn... It's it's almost I've always thought of the song as as like <laughs> he's like embracing some kind of shit that, that he's gotta go through. Yeah. And he's making the best of it. <laughs> That's very fair. But yeah, super moody. But is it actually a woman? You know what I mean? Like is it a woman singing the song? No. Well, it might be from the point of view. I think if I recall correctly, that trumpet line, the the infamous is a sample from 1932. 32. A recording by Lou Stone. The song is called My Woman. There you are with your research. Boom. So they changed it to your woman and got away with it. Exactly. Nice. Yep. So White Town is only one dude. He is a British producer. And I'm pretty sure I heard nothing about him after this. <laughs> but he said, um, when I wrote it, I was trying to write a pop song that had more than one perspective. Although it's written in the first person, the character behind that viewpoint isn't necessarily what a casual listener would expect. Interesting. Yeah. Never to return. You remember that song coming oh, yeah. up? Yeah. It's one of those songs I would like, I would never have looked for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I absolutely know it. I got triggered when I was listening to a random Spotify playlist on Shuffle. And this song came on and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is my jam. We're going to go back a little bit. We're going to dip into the 80s here. Now, we got to at least get to the chorus. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Rockwell. Rockwell. <laughs> oh, I know Rockwell. <laughs> you know, it like, it, I always associated the song with Michael Jackson. Yeah. I mean, even though it's totally their song. I mean, he sings the hook, right? He does. Yeah, he does. It is Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell, featuring a Michael Jackson hook. (laughs) Do you know who Rockwell is? Like, the group? Well, it's a person. Oh. It's a a guy. No. No, I don't. So, (laughs) here's... He's not a a one-hit wonder, is he? I think he is. I, I, I truly do believe he is. But... 
Rockwell, this is nepotism at its best, okay? <laughs> so Rockwell was signed to Motown Records, right? All right. The CEO of Motown Records famously is Barry Gordy, who is like right. the primary songwriter. Uh, he discovered Little Michael, Stevie Wonder, everyone. Rockwell is his son. Oh, okay. And so I'm pretty sure his dad flexed hard and got Michael <laughs> Jackson on his lead single. <laughs> Don't worry, son. I got you. Always feel like always somebody's feel like watching, me. watching me. Yeah, man. Can't. Oh, my goodness. That is a classic hook. You I'm know what's sure interesting? This, yep. this is my hot take, okay? Okay. Oh, here it comes. Okay. The 80s, my least favorite decade of music. That hurts. By <laughs> a long shot. That hurts me. Now, that but is why? not to say that there's not good music in the 80s. It's just me. It's not my vibe. Okay. That's fair. I mean, That's you fair. asked me why. I, I think it's a production thing. I think mm. the advent of the digital medium, synthesizers, mm -hmm. it made everything too cold and sterile sounding. Okay. Like I hear that song, right? I hear somebody's watching me. Yeah. And I appreciate, obviously, I mean, Michael's hook is the entire song. But <laughs> even, totally even, the, even Rockwell singing the verses or speaking them, however you want to characterize that, the beat and like the keyboard behind it, mm -hmm. it's like it's like too you're too close. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> too close. You're too close. Back it up. Get away from me. And I also like hate like stadium rock, like Def uh, Leppard, uh, okay. and like all that kind really? of stuff. I'm not that. That's not me. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But I do I mean, dig I, this song. I'm not heavy into that kind of stuff either. For the most part, but. but you do love the '80s. I do. There are some good ones. I was going to choose. Uh, I, I doubt you would have chosen it, but a song by Soft Cell, "Tainted Love." Oh yeah, great it's on there. Great '80s. It's, it's on there. Great it's '80s. A it's a classic. But I do remember the music video for this song, Rockwell. Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Michael Jackson was like singing in the bathroom at one point. Something. Like <laughs> It is, man. His talking is like, are you? Is this supposed to be like freaking um, the that Halloween song? Yes. No. <laughs> it totally comes across as like a Halloween vibe, like the Monster Mash kind of. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was walking down the exactly. street. <laughs> I was getting mixed up. It's like Superman and uh, Star Wars. <laughs> so, since we went to the eighties, I will skip it and go further back <laughs> to the seventies <laughs> <laughs> to a better time in music. <laughs> this guy. Now you might know the song. You might not. It's called be thankful for what you got by William Devon. I don't. So this song, I believe released in 1974 and is just soul, man. I love it. Wait till the hook comes in. Though you may not drive, mm. nice. 
So this is like very much inspired by like Curtis Mayfield mm. and like the soul, gangster soul coming out. Gangster soul. Nice. You know, people were slick as fuck in the 70s. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. No job, turkeys around here. <laughs> and that falsetto. That bass line is also insane. How do you feel about disco? Oh, I love disco. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right. Oh, that's that's good. I should have hit one. I don't, I don't, I didn't pick any disc. I didn't go back that far. I also like the meaning of this song, right? Just be thankful for what you got. Yeah. Though you may not drive a fan, a great big Cadillac. Gangsta lean. That's right. Gangsta white walls. It's so chill. It's it's like too it's chill. chill. I love bro. it. Yeah, I love it. It's great. It's yeah, smooth, I've never heard man. this. We're gonna jump back. Uh oh. To the nineties. This fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh man, the classics, bro. It's so good. Mm. I wish I was a baller. So I intentionally skipped this song. Oh, did you? Because <laughs> I thought maybe you would get on this tip. Ah, good, good, good foresight. Oh man. Who doesn't know that song? I know, dude. 90s, like, hip-hop rap was such an interesting little time. It was, man. It really was. I definitely didn't realize this guy's name was Skilo. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, he, he made the most of his stature. For those of you that don't know, this song is called I Wish by Skilo. And if you don't know, get learned. Get learned. <laughs> This is a song of a decade. <laughs> Used in like a million fucking movies. Yep, pretty much. For the uh, for the character that just you know, it's all stacked against him. <laughs> I think I think the interesting thing about this song is the perspective. How like. He wishes he was a little bit taller, but like that's cool. You know what I mean? It's cool to talk about the things, your insecurities. <laughs> it's okay. You're, it's, you know, it's like you know, it's not so bad being short, Skilo. Maybe he was a pretty short guy. Leveraged it for a one hit, and then vanished. <laughs> <laughs> Is this one of those songs that, like back in the day, you would? Know all the words and rap. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It really was an interesting time for for hip hop and rap because you you were kind of getting out of the hard gangster rap mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and it was starting to get into the more catchy, the pop not, rap. Nah, yeah, the, the popier kind of influenced stuff. Uh, but you still had guys who were sitting in the back and doing like you know the underground hip hop yes. too. So there's all of that that's still kind of riding there. And so you had this kind of weird disparity <laughs> going on mm-hmm. with hip hop. It was a great, a great decade for it. The 90s. 
Yeah, this was so like, much happening musically. This was like the the hip hop crossover. You know, it was like this in remember Criss Cross? Oh, of course I do. My name is Chris. <laughs> I never heard the end of it. <laughs> oh, really? Did you ever Dude, wear I, your pants backwards? No, I was never a dick. I, I brought it up as a reference. I was like, don't you guys know Criss Cross? And people looked at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, oh my gosh. They missed the these, bus. These kids. <laughs> God they, damn. they missed the bus. They missed the bus. Oh, man. I remember that song. Uh, Hardcore. It's a good one. Man. That's not even the fucking main single. No, it's not. But damn, no, I remember I missed the bus. Uh, if you don't know, <laughs> crisscross were these two. I guess you call them, what, hip hop, I guess? Yeah, they were like a hip hop duo. Yeah, a duo of kids. You know who discovered them? Babyface. Nope. <laughs> the other mogul of uh, R&B, Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree. JD. Mm-hmm. Shit. Well, they were known for wearing their clothes backwards. And also for being wiggity wiggity whack. Well, they weren't whack. <laughs> yeah. They would say things are wiggity 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 whack. I was... I was I mean, that was such a perfect callback. We just had, we should have just ended it right there. <laughs> the reference Episode is, is over, good. guys. Episode is over. It was such a, such a great day. So all that's happening. Hip hop is happening that way. And then you have freaking like alternative is starting to crash into the scene. Yep. <laughs> and then eventually alternative makes way for the emo stuff that I never got on board with. Right. And that's more your bag. Uh, yes. But I will say bit. the the pop machine came at the end of the like pop is what killed alternative in the pop yeah. in the in the popular culture scene yeah. because when those boy bands hit it was yeah. fucking over <laughs> there was no room for anything else nope <laughs> not at all and grunge was too much yeah i was not a grunge fan i couldn't get behind grunge either it wasn't it wasn't my bag like even now i i like some nirvana songs not all of them. Never been a fan of Pearl Jam. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not like a hardcore fan, but I appreciate I can it. appreciate like Even Flow. I think that's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 kind of stuff never resonated with me. Were you uh, an STP guy? Nope. Stone I was, Temple Pilots? I was a no. none of them. No Alice in Chains. I love STP. No Jane's Addiction. None of that. What about Bush? Nope. Nope. I was listening to Alice DJ. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so was I. <laughs> I. I think, have you ever listened to Bush's stuff? Uh, some of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember everyone, when you're learning guitar at that time, they were like, play Glycerin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. But great song choice. I love Skilos, I wish. And it spurned good memories. So I'm going to keep it 90s. So while you were listening to that in the 90s, this is what I was listening to. This was absolutely on the list. How could it it not be on the list? (laughs) is iconic. I think this song might literally be the song of the decade. (laughs) Insane, okay? (laughs) This music video, I was like, who is that woman? (laughs) And how did it define how I would be attracted to women later on in life? <laughs> how is that possible? So did you know 
Maybe you did. This is a cover. Is it? This is not an original song. Shut the fuck up. That is correct. So the original no song uh, was written by like these Danish people uh-huh. in 93 um, or 91, sorry. And they released it, you know, not a lot of knowledge. But when Natalie Imbruglia was doing her first album, somehow it got put in. And it got produced and redone, and it is the song we know now, but she did not write this song. Wow. Yeah. I remember hardcore being in Peru and having the CD single, because at the Uh time, singles were everything, of this song and just wearing it the fuck out. Such a like angelic voice, fantastic yeah. production. So good. Are you ready for the kicker? Oh my god! How I know that this song was meant for me, even <laughs> when I was a fucking child. <laughs> the producer of this song is Nigel Godrich, who is my favorite producer. The guy you mentioned, because he is Radiohead's producer. Yep, the guy you mentioned before. That's right. And he produced this fucking song. That is crazy. I'm pretty sure he was also dating her at the time that they recorded this song. But. Well, I mean, he's a local hero now. I mean, yes. This is my hero, Nigel. (laughs) (laughs) I want to follow in your footsteps. But amazing fucking song. Everywhere on the radio. Everywhere. Everywhere on TV. So much that most people, I would argue, do not know that it's a cover. I would completely agree with that. It's the kind of song you just, no matter how many times you hear it, you just cannot hate it, right? You cannot. You just can't. You can try. It's too good. It's too good. Just for for the sake of reference. Very similar structure. Different vibe. Totally different vibe. Dude, how salty must they be? <laughs> I mean, they had to okay it. Like, it's there. Wow, talk about transforming a song. This is like a very almost alternative 90s version yeah. of it. But I think there was only like three years in between both songs? Dude, I would totally believe it if you said, oh, this group is covering Natalie's song. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they're, they're totally clenching <laughs> it up. Yep. I mean, I kind of like the raspy. That's kind of cool. I do too. And, you know, the mix is different. The guitar part's a little bit different. I would argue this is less pop. But, oh, the, yeah. but yeah. the vocals there... It's a good chorus. I think I think maybe they had some accompanying vocals in there. Sure, the background vocals are yeah. huge. Would help Natalie out a lot. Song. Yeah, because her just hanging out there like that leaves something to be desired. 
Well, and that's also like the we're a starting band mix. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Yeah. But great fucking song. Natalie and Bruglia Torn. One of the, you know, definitely in like the top 10 pop songs of the 90s, of all, if not of all time. Of all time. <laughs> Dude, I would get this and be like, who the hell is Edna Swap? Like, <laughs> did you guys like, <laughs> did your printer break? Like, what the? <laughs> I only had these letters to work with. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Speaking of covers. All right. All right. We'll we'll stay in the 90s because it's such an amazing decade. The best decade of one hits. I'm going to go the same direction you did. I'm going to assume that you knew this was a cover, even though I think most people don't. We're going to... Sixpence None the Richer. Oh. <laughs> there she goes. You're going to hate me. Why? There's no way Sixpence None the Richer is a one-hit one. <laughs> okay. I knew you were going to say that. Kiss Me? But, I know. I know. But the reason why I brought it up, did you know it was a cover? I did not know that okay. it was a cover. Yeah. So the real... <laughs> I, I got you. The real one-hit wonder is the original songwriter. <laughs> Technicalities. <laughs> yes, so we know that song. Here's the original. And it, it, interestingly enough, I, some people were saying even this group may not be a one-hit wonder, but I had never heard of them before. This sounds like I would know this. Really? It sounds familiar. And this is apparently, if you look at the notes, it's just before the 90s and 88 copyright on it. Is this a male singer that sings this? It is a male singer. Then I have heard this. Yeah. It, it has, <laughs> as soon as they start singing it, I'm like, it has like a Beach Boys vibe to me. Yeah, a little bit. I could hear that. <laughs> So the original group is called The Laws. The Laws, yeah. It's like Beach Boys if they met and collided with uh, the singer for the Smashing Pumpkins. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Smashing Pumpkins. I've definitely heard this. I don't know where. Probably in like Empire Records or something. Mm, Maybe. I would. Yeah, I'd believe that. Did you ever watch that movie? It's been a while. Such a good fucking movie. So that's the real one. I like it. <laughs> the lots. I'll say I prefer the original. Really? I like, uh, I don't know her name, but this, the lead singer for Sixpence None the Richer. I like her voice. I like this uh, orchestration better. But I'm also a sucker for like twangy guitar pop. Okay. Like, this, to me, is interesting 80s. Mm. Not the synthy stuff, right? But, like, very, like, British rock-inspired. Like, the Smiths, kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. But nice. Yeah. All right. There she goes. There she goes. That's hilarious that you had the backup. Kiss Me is a great song. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Kiss Me is... Kiss Me is a great song. Talk about a song for teen movies of the 90s mm-hmm. right first you have that that other sway song in the beginning and then by the end 
when the loser finally hooks up with the prom queen, yep, you got right. Kiss Me playing in the background. Or if she leaves, there she goes. There you go. <laughs> they got it all covered. And there you go. <laughs> okay, let's... Okay, everything I fucking have is in the 90s. So, <laughs> let's pivot to... And this is really, honestly, a technicality that it's the 80s, all right? Because okay, okay. it's 81, <laughs> early 81. Early 81, okay, okay. So all this right. song, I think everyone will know. Sure, absolutely. And everyone will say it's not a one-hit wonder, but you'd be fucking wrong, okay? <laughs> the, the song is a definite hit, but the artist? Yes, one of the most iconic bass intros. I played this in a cover band. Sexiest shit bass line right here. So for those of you that don't know your songs, this is just the two of us. Now, people think this is a Bill Withers song. Okay? Bill Withers, who brought us such great hits as... Uh, None that I can think of right now. Ain't no, <laughs> ain't no sunshine. Use me. Uh, what's that? Uh, what's his most popular song? Lean on me. Lean on me. Yeah. Ooh. So this is Bill Withers singing, but this is not Bill Withers' song. The song is by Grover Washington Jr., who's the sax player and orchestrator. Bill's just the guest vocal on it. So most people are like, oh, it's a Bill Withers song. No. Grover <laughs> no, Washington Jr. Learn his name. And he was a one-hit wonder. But yeah, this song is like super chill. It's a beautiful song. It's got like this sexiness to it, which is interesting because when I say like sexiness in music, songs can sound sexy, right? And, yeah, I, and totally. I think it's a different sexiness that we hear in music now that tries to do it versus like classic late 70s sexiness because there was an era of like coolness yeah you know what i mean like we're chilling in the den on our shag carpet (laughs) (laughs) and that horn so i'm sure you know this song yes absolutely what is what does this trigger in you but this triggers me hearing my dad listen to music like this. Really? This was yeah. what he was listening to? Yeah. So, th- like, we're... So, so when we first... I was born in Houston. And then we moved here when I was about six. Five six, six. And then we lived in... Uh, for a little while, we lived in my cousin's house. When we first moved here. And they had... Uh, they had the whole thing set up, the whole component music system, right? So back in the day, guys, <laughs> your 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 home audio system comprised of multiple units. Dude, I remember that shit. <laughs> People would have like fucking towers. Yeah, you, yeah, you would. It was like modular too, right? Like you could yeah, add you'd have a receiver. Yeah, receiver like start everything, and then you'd plug in and. A record player, you'd plug in a cassette player, a track, all that stuff. So the whole modular system is yeah, this huge cabinet that's holding housing all this. Before you got those singular like what do they call them? Bookshelf units or whatever. Yeah, that had everything that six disc CD player on top. That's but, uh, right. 
<laughs> but I remember distinctly sitting in the, on the floor in front of this whole setup with a glass door, like brown brown cabinet housing everything, and just my dad like you know, playing stuff either on cassette, popping in records, and just going through songs like this. Takes me way back. You know, it's interesting. Like I said, I didn't come up with music like this in the household. And it wasn't until I was probably in my mid-20s that I could go back and appreciate this stuff. Mm. Like, who doesn't know this song, right? But I was probably more more <laughs> in tune with, like, Austin Powers 2 version of Just the Two of Us. Yeah. I also believe around that time, Will Smith released a version of yep. Just the Two of Us about his son. But nothing can beat the original version. I mean, it is classy as fuck. Totally. I also really like it because it's one of those songs where Steph and I can play it together when she's on bass. Yeah. And it is just the two of us. (laughs) We can make it if we try. (laughs) Just the two of us. You and I. You and I. (laughs) That's right. I like I slide in with a saxophone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got you guys. All right, what you got? Oh, uh, where, where should we go now? Where should we go? Should now? we limit ourselves at some point? I don't know. I'm we're, just sure. gonna, we're just going to keep on going. All right, that's fine with me. <laughs> about about this one. This is a karaoke classic for some. I think you know for those who know it anyway. But I think most most people I think would recognize it when they hear the course <laughs> this is 80s right oh yeah do you not know it oh i know it okay <laughs> get nervous there you gotta say it's like what are they See, doing that 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 uh like reverse reverb is exactly what I'm talking about in the 80s. Like too much. <laughs> this snare. You hear how like wide that is? Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, this is I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight by Cutting Crew. The Cutting Crew. Honestly, maybe one of the more iconic opening lines Absolutely. Of any like pop song in the 80s. I don't know why it's reminding me of like some commercial for like Swiffer or some shit. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I think it was like for a mop that she like gave up her old mop because she bought a Swiffer or some shit like that. Now that you're saying that, it kind of, it does kind of ring a bell. But I'll say I like this song for the 80s classic karaoke classic but I, I can definitely hear the, the overproduction <laughs> it's like we need sound constantly yeah from everything good guitar work in this era I feel bad I don't have any more background info to give you. (laughs) (laughs) Background info, you say? (laughs) Did you know? 
So this was the debut single by The Cutting Crew, released in 1986. So this is classified as a power ballad. That is the genre. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What an yeah. 80s genre of the fucking power ballad. Yes. Yes. You cannot deny the power ballads. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Under background <laughs> in writing, the words, I just died in your arms tonight, allegedly came to the songwriter while he was having sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> That's the 80s for you, folks. That's, that's, his, that's where that sound comes from. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yes. Oh, my oh, God. See, oh, see now? Oh. That's hilarious. <laughs> see, now, during those intimate moments, that's all I'm going to think about. <laughs> Now you know why it starts with. Oh my God. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> like just surprise! Like he's surprised it's happening. That's right. You know what I mean? He didn't count on it. Yeah. It's okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> Good song though. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> cutting crew. I didn't. I the did not know crew. that the name of the artist was Cutting Crew. All right, we're gonna go up to I think maybe the first song that we've talked about in the two thousands. Okay. Have you okay. picked any songs in two thousand? I have a few. Actually, and most of them came from Francis. So we should definitely All right. throw throw one of these in there. This is mine. A maybe lesser known hit, but fuck do I love this song. Mm, junior senior, move your feet. You know, I don't know that I've heard this original. This song fucking slaps. I don't care how old I am. I'm still using that (laughs) term. Check this B part. I mean, this is... Well, I gotta ask, how do you feel about the Trolls version? So, I've heard (laughs) that that came out recently. I had no idea. I didn't have kids at the time. Good for the Trolls. Okay, okay. I'll do this verse right here. Yeah, I've never heard this original version. Oh, this is so good. So you've heard the Trolls version? I've never heard oh, the yeah, Trolls yeah. version. Is it very similar? I imagine they probably didn't it change totally it that is. much. Not a whole lot. Yeah. So You know, like, had it lead, led by Anna Kendrick. Oh, really? So she doesn't have the RAS, of course. So I believe that uh, Junior Senior is like this duo from Denmark. This is the only thing I ever heard of them. I remember when this music video came out, because it was like an 8-bit music video, and it caught my attention on MTV. Really? Not to mention that, like, it, it's such an interesting song. It's like a breakbeat, but, like, real poppy. There's a bunch yeah. of horns. It flip-flops a lot, and it just feels like a good fucking time. It, it, is. it totally is. And the callback. Can't stop. Yeah, the Trolls version is actually not that bad. It's very much the same. It's very much the same. It's so funny because um, I was in, you know, I've been in multiple cover bands. The one cover band that I got to create from the ground up and lead was one that I was in with Stephanie, my friend Dom and Carlos, and we were called Mama's Hot Fudge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember that. And because 
I was kind of like the band leader. I could really direct what kind of songs we chose. And I specifically wanted us to be like a late 90s, early 2000s cover band, party band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kind of mandated to the band that we learned this song. Oh, man, it fucking killed every time. Because it's one of those songs where no one fucking remembers it until you hear it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, fuck. And now it's time to get down. (laughs) Yeah. And now with the younger generation, I guess you got Trolls. Yep. The Trolls version. But it doesn't beat the original. Junior, senior. Junior, senior. Move your feet. We had a couple of pretty good selections from the, the 2000s. Okay, I love the 2000s. She was, uh, Francis was a big part of it. We'll start with this one. This, this, she, um, <laughs> I, I just straight up asked her, I was like, hey, when you uh, think of One Who Wonders, and she just plucked this one right out, of the, right out of the air. So we'll start here. Man, I should have asked Stephanie. Way to, like, way to involve your partner <laughs> in the show. <laughs> yes. That's definitely and, uh, brownie points. I was like, I had no idea that was the name. She knew the name. Well, she she knew the name of the artist, and I was like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about, (laughs) (laughs) but I do know the song. We're going to "Chasing Cars" by Snow Patrol. So this is a really interesting song for two reasons. One, when it came out, I did not know of this song listen to this song it was out of like my personal sphere of music i think Mm -hmm. i was super like into other genres that wasn't necessarily pop Mm -hmm. as i've gotten older i keep on hearing references to this song and i see it typed out like chasing cars snow patrol Uh uh-huh so I finally listened to it one day and I was like, oh my God, like, yes. This, this song, yeah. <laughs> it's the chorus, you know? Yeah, yeah, unmistakable. This also to me signifies, and I have no idea if it was actually used in it or anything like that, but in like, like medical shows, you know what I mean? <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Like Grey's Anatomy or like a super serious the episode ER. of uh, Scrubs. <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally. When, when they know, get in that some dramatic moment where Yeah. Like, like the doctor turning the corner in slow motion and running and not making it in time. Someone's resuscitating the body. And they're like, call it. <laughs> call it. Or the, this is the uh I'm I'm gonna risk it all. Yes. Uh, and I'm just gonna put put my heart out there. It's great harmony too. I mean, it's a good, powerful song. Know. Yeah, it de- it definitely has that power ballad feel. Interesting. So this is like the two thousands version, kind of. Of the, I can see that. Kinda. I can see that. So the interesting thing about this is that around this time, I feel like there was a lot of this going on, and by that I mean like the fray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like how to save a life, like that kind of vibe. A lot of lead singers at pianos mm. going on during this era. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's good shit. It's good shit. I do like that song. Good choice, Francis. So, for mine... This was on my list, too. Was it? Yep. <clears throat> Bass. Dig! 
Indeed. <laughs> so, for those of you not cultured enough to know what's playing right now, <laughs> damn. <laughs> this is Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. So, D-Light, I, I think it was an American group. Mm, I don't know. What would you... What genre would you con- consider this? Uh, funk? Yeah. I think uh, so. Yeah. So, this song was based off of a Herbie Hancock sample. I do know that. Um, they have... Bootsy Collins in there, who's the basis for Parliament Funkadelic. Some people say the grandfather of funk. Mm. And the rap part it has Q-Tip. Q-Tip. Heck yeah. From a tribe called Quest. I don't know how they got all these people on their track. <laughs> how can you go wrong? But do I love it, man. Again, 90s dance. Right? Like... Super, that's my vibe growing up in the 90s. It's like, mm-hmm. this is why I'm into dance music. Even though <laughs> I'm a rock guy and I became a punk kid, like, my foundation is in danceable pop with great melodies and hooks. This is such a classic. And a classic music video. This freaking, freaking whistles. <laughs> we can pause it there. Yeah, if we want me to pause the Q-tip? <laughs> Fine, we'll let Q-tip go. <laughs> Q-tip really like the that dude loves to feature. He's in everything. He's so good. He is great. He has a particular tone. He has a very like particular tone. Yeah, smooth, like understated. So good. So again, this is a song. This is again is a song of me just always trying to put it into a cover band if I can. I mean, you can't really go wrong with it because you can't. Now, I mean, no one knows that the artist is called D Light, but everyone knows Groove is in the heart. Everyone knows Groove. Where where were you when Groove is in the heart hit? Where wasn't I? I mean, that was, I don't know, like, when it, where I was when it first landed, but it just always seemed to be part of the picture. Yeah, it's very much an MTV song. Yeah, and that's probably how it start, how it happened, actually. It was just inundated with it through MTV. People at the club must have loved the 90s. Fun times, fun times. I've never been, it's funny that I like all this dance music because I am not, nor have I ever been the type of person to get ready look sharp and go to the club. This is why house clubs are so awesome. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to. You just, just go. <laughs> just get your flared pants with like, you know how like in the nineties you had those rave pants with all the like yeah. random straps hanging yep. off of it that were yep. like reflectors. That was my, that I, was you. <laughs> I, I did have some of those pants. I'm not going to lie. I didn't go to the raves though. That, that is definitely something I loved about, those parties, like it didn't really matter what you wore. You just go, whatever you're comfortable dancing in, it's all you need. Hell yeah. 
All right, so, so that's my dance track. What do you got? Oh, you want a dance track? Ooh, you know what? Give me, give me a, give me a second here. Let me. I might have to do a, an audible. It wouldn't be the midnight uh, connection if we're not <laughs> doing the work right now. That's right. It's happening live in session. Yeah. <laughs> feel it, baby. I feel it too. I feel it too. So this boom, makes boom, me boom, think boom, of, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, this is Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, or as you may know him, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> In the 90s where he was just walking around in his tidy whities and his Hanes. Oh my gosh. This triggers a very specific thing. And that is, or did you watch MTV growing up? Yeah, hell yeah. So in the 90s when MTV was cool, they used to do like the rock and jams. Do you remember that when they would play basketball or baseball yeah. with celebrities? Yeah. And it was like insane because like in the basketball games, they would have like three hoops and it would be like different points. It would be like all wacky and shit. Yeah. But yeah. I remember Marky Mark performed this song during the halftime of one of those games. Oh. And I felt Marky the vibrations. <laughs> Dude, this, I, I, I think this video was the first time I was like, man, I wish I looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Mark Wahlberg hitting the punching bag with no shirt on. I wanted to feel those vibrations. You know what's interesting about this song is that I would almost make the argument that the hook is the most like tangibly popular thing about this song, and he's not even on it. No, no. Except you when can he says, him out. Come on, come on! Yeah. Feel it, feel it! Yeah. He sounds like a Peloton instructor. <laughs> you could take out his verse and it wouldn't even matter. It's a banger of a track, though. I freaking love this song when it came out. I wonder why he stopped making music and decided that film was his avenue of choice. I'm sure it's the more lucrative choice. Yeah. Did he ever beef with, like, Vanilla Ice? It's so funny you mentioned it. <laughs> They're in the same bucket, right? Because he was on the list, too. They're in the same bucket. I, I, wouldn't be, I feel like they did, actually. But... I mean, guess who? Look who won. (laughs) My goodness. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Who the fuck were the Funky Bunch? Nobody knows. It's it's an enigmatic thing. But, like, there are other people on that cover. Dude, there's, like, half a dozen people on this cover. I I wonder if it was, like, an actual group. Are they just called the Funky Bunch? It was an actual group. The Funky Bunch? Yes. What else did they do? Yeah, there's six six of them at least in this picture. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they did. <laughs> Maybe they made the beat. <laughs> I scrolled down to a comment. I was conceived to this song. Oh my god! <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> That's so funny. Apparently, you know uh, Donnie Wahlberg, who is also yeah. an actor. Yes, I actually like Donnie Wahlberg in a lot of stuff. He was great in, uh, I think he was in the Saw movies, or at least the first he's, one. Um, he's the one in, is he the one in Blue Bloods? What is Blue Bloods? The TV show with, about the cop family. 
Yeah, yeah, he's in Blue Bloods. I do not know. He was also in The Sixth Sense. But yeah, so apparently Donnie's has a writing credit on this song. Well, shit. Well, fantastic, guys. I think that's going to do it for our list of one-hit wonders. Who knows how many of these are going to make it into the actual edit? Because <laughs> I think we did like over 10 each. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But that's because we love music. And hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to us. We would love to hear your comments and thoughts. What are your favorite one-hit wonders? What did we skip? What information did we get wrong? Are you a huge Beyonce fan and you want to cancel us? <laughs> Do you love the 80s? Do you hate that I hate the 80s? We want to hear all of it. You can reach out to us on our social media at the Midnight Connection Pod, or you can send us an email at the Midnight Connection Pod at gmail.com. And we'll leave you with this. Chris, what is your top tier karaoke song? Top of your head, go. Oh, good God. Just put me on the spot. Uh, Incubus, pardon me. Nice. That yeah. is a hard fucking song to sing, I too. I love that goddamn song. Do you go full tilt on it? Yeah. Mm. You got to come and hear it, man. That's awesome. All right. I'm definitely going to need to see that. I will say for me, off the top of my head, first one I'm going with is Kiss from a Rose Seal. Ooh. Because nice. again, you got to go full tilt with it, and it's a crowd pleaser. By the end of it, everyone is singing. Even though I'm pretty sure that we got that song because of that uh, George Clooney Batman era. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. But Seal is great. Indeed. As always, guys, we want to thank you for listening to us, hearing us babble, and our thoughts that you may or may not agree with, but we're going to say them anyway. And we will be back next week with a new episode of The Midnight Connection. Uh, please don't forget to like and subscribe to our pages. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Samurai Beats, where you'll find our show, The Midnight Connection. Pretty, show, pretty soon, you'll hear our new show, Pay the Price, and you can listen to DJ Dado's mixes, which are popping off. We want to thank you. And uh, share with a friend. Share with somebody. Leave a comment. Reach out to us. We want to hear all of it. But until then, we will see you guys next time at midnight. Thanks for tuning in to The Midnight Connection. The Midnight Connection is a product and trademark of Samurai Beat LLC, which is a fan-funded organization made for you and made possible by you at patreon.com slash samuraibeat. Support us there and join the conversation by submitting your questions, comments, and topics for future shows. We seek to entertain and build a community of adulting gamers like you, and we appreciate your support, your confidence, and your inspiration. Thank you.